Well, hi, everybody. It's Toby Miller here. Welcome to the Cultural Studies Podcast. And I'm in Lisbon. Where am I in Lisbon, Tiago? Uh, you're in Lisbon in Intercampus uh, at ISCTE, Instituto Universitário de Lisboa. So I'm in the University Institute of Lisbon. That's right. And I'm in an auditorium. Mm-hmm. And who are you? Who are you, young man? I should say, we're speaking to the president. We're speaking to the president. So all due respect. Uh, I'm Tiago Batista. Um, I'm now speaking as president of <laughs> the Portuguese Association of Moving Image Researchers, mm-hmm. um, which is um, one of the immediate contexts of your visit to, to Lisbon. Um, and this is an association which is five years old, mm-hmm. uh, which is founded to create a community of um, researchers in Portugal studying the moving image, television, cinema, video games. Um, and these were people who weren't necessarily aware of each other or that they were working similar subjects, using similar methods, and the association was built to to gather them um, with an annual meeting, with uh, the publication of a journal, where uh, we could exchange knowledge, but mostly, and I think that's the most important thing, where people could get in personal contact with each other and talk um, talk about their work and their experiences. And what's the name of the association in Portuguese, Tiago? AEM. AEM. Which, is, which stands for Association of the Moving Image Researchers. Mm. There's actually no Portuguese in the title. Oh, there isn't. There isn't any Portuguese in the title. Because although we privilege the, the use of the Portuguese language, and this is a Portuguese law uh, association, non, non-profit association, we actually have many, many members coming from Brazil and mm. also from many other European countries, mostly mostly France, Italy, and also a bit from Spain. <laughs> I promised him that this would be actuality recording, and the actuality recording includes, sadly, my failure to silence my telephones. Of course, I have to have more than one because I'm an important ecological figure in media and cultural studies. So, uh, Tiago, in terms of your own research, what you personally do, uh, I first met you at Anim. So tell us what Anim is and what you do when you're there, and you're also doing other scholarship. Yes, Anim is is a department of the Portuguese Cinemateca. So it's Anim, it stands for the Archive of the Moving Image, the National Archive of the Moving Image. So now everybody will think that I'm very obsessed with this expression of the moving image, but it's a coincidence. Aim, Anim. (laughs) (laughs) Just just drop one letter. Uh, And um, this archive, it's a conservation center for film materials and non-film collections. And at the archive, I mostly do um, conservation work and research and cataloging of the non-film collections and also special projects like um, DVD editions, which we hope to launch fairly soon. That's exciting. So where you have the intellectual property rights to 
films or you're making new compilations? How does it work? Both. We'll start probably mm. with films that who, whose rights we own entirely. Mm. Mm. Uh, and then we'll uh, move on to um, other, other parts of the collection in which we will, of course, negotiate rights with copyright holders. Mm. But we are mostly focusing on movies uh, which are now in the public domain or which are mm. um, or whose rights are held by the Portuguese state, hence the Cinemateca, the Film Archive, mm. um, and specifically collections that wouldn't interest uh, a private or commercial uh, distribution company. Mm. So mm -hmm. this is something that the Film Archive films it can but also has the obligation to do because commercially it wouldn't be viable and nobody would be interested in doing it. But so what do you think would be the interest group that would be buying these DVDs? Would this be educational purposes for film historians in universities say or schools? I think so. Uh, mm. On the one hand we are thinking about newsreels and propaganda documentaries made during the Portuguese dictatorship uh, which means that these are not works relevant, necessarily relevant from um, a cinematic and artistic point of view, but which are very much relevant to document um, the history of the dictatorship. And therefore they can be of interest not only to uh, film historians, but also to a very large audience which is um, which which has an interest in the history of the Portuguese dictatorship, a non mm. a non specialized audience, not not only film historians. And Anim is an extraordinary resource. People were talking about it to me as possibly the best film restoration center in the world. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know, <laughs> but uh, but um, we are quite proud specifically of the fact that um, not only Anim was built in um, in a very purposeful way, yeah. meaning that it, um, it was built from scratch, it didn't adapt a pre-existing building, and so everything, all the sections and all the little departments are, are there for a specific reason and their architecture is shaping itself to those technical functions and technical requirements. But also the anime still has um, a 35 and 15, uh, 16 millimeter uh, film lab. And nowadays the, all the 35 uh, millimeter film labs have stopped working, the commercial labs have mm. stopped working in uh, Portugal, so the, the Anim uh, lab is actually the last place where you can develop film in Portugal. And we do it, we use it to, to, to do conservation and restoration work, um, and uh, we also work with other European and South American film archives that send us their films to be copied and printed and developed in this archive. Mm, mm. So we are quite adamant about res uh, doing the restoration and the preservation of film using film and to keep away from digital as much as we can yeah. for the moment. Yeah. Well, we've been joined by two other important members of the AIM team, whom I'll ask to introduce themselves to you, Sophia and Danielle.
Can you say who you are and what you do? We've, we already know about Tiago. He has subjected himself to this discipline. And now I invite you to do the same. Um, okay, well, <laughs> I'm Sofia Sampaio, and I'm now, and for a year now, I've been uh, at the board of AIM. So, with this project that is the Association of Moving Image uh, Investigators, Researchers of the Moving Image. Mm. So, I'm an academic. I'm I did a postdoctoral uh, research here in a in a center. It's called the Center for Research in Anthropology. I come from cultural studies and before that from literary studies, um, and I always wanted to move uh, towards the social sciences and. Uh, uh, my work, my current research is on tourism because I found in it also uh, a way to um, to get closer to a social science an analysis, especially anthropology. Um, and you've been doing a lot of this research at Anim, which I was just discussing with Tiago, right? Right, yes. Um, because I, my, my work on, on tourism and cinema uh, was originally to do, and it still is in a way, um, with the tourist gaze, with this concept, mm. which I found very vague, very difficult to, to grasp, and with some problems which have been already uh, well discussed and pointed out by, by many authors. And also I felt, because my idea was that, in a way, cinema objectifies the gaze. So if you mm. want to, to understand uh, what uh, this thing, tourist gaze, and, or sometimes you can call it glance or glimpse, mm. uh, how it works, maybe you can do it through film. So mm -hmm. that was my, my starting point. Yeah. But then I was, uh, because there is... Uh, a huge amount of, of literature, especially on tourism studies, which is a booming field, on um, t uh, how's it called? Film-induced tourism and all these films like uh, The Beach, which you mentioned today, and even Lord of the Rings, uh, and the relationship between these films, the texts, mm -hmm. and mm. uh, uh, the tourism boards and all that. And so my idea was also, this was too, I mean, too, uh, um, still too vague, you know, this idea of the transnational and, uh, and I wanted to, to f focus mm. more and to narrow down. Mm -hmm. So I, I found uh, I could do this through an archive and through uh, the national um, archive of the moving image. So I started with this idea, uh, also because there was um, a cycle of films in a Cinemateca about uh, tourism, the centenary of uh, tourism in Portugal, right. which was in 2011. And so I found that this could... Uh, uh, I, I saw some of these films and I got very curious, very curious about them. 
We're trying to seduce the most beautiful woman in Lisbon to come and join us. We have a little problem. But it's, it's electronic. Of course not, but no. I think responsibilities. smoking in one of the rooms. Yeah. And it's. it's Forbidden in Portugal oh, to It's smoke. against the law. <laughs> yes, but it's his problem, no. <laughs> or in March. So what do we do with... Uh, we bring the old man into the podcast, clearly. He has to join us. No. It's okay. Well, you'll have appreciated that important public health notice, See? listeners. Um, Daniel, I wonder if you could introduce yourself at this point. Okay. <laughs> Even though <laughs> the most beautiful woman in Lisbon, Paolo, was just stole, you know, last night he said, I'm going to get the most beautiful woman in Lisbon to sit next to you. No one sat next to me for 20 minutes, then he came and sat down. <laughs> this is why he's now known as the most beautiful woman in Lisbon. Okay. But I digress. Okay, my name is Daniel Hibbers. I'm the treasurer of the treasury of IEM <laughs> for five years now. I was also a founding member with Tiago. Uh, we were a PhD candidates who decided to build this network because we, we felt that we needed the network to to share our knowledge or our investigations. Uh, and I'm a PhD in cultural studies for mm -hmm. a, a very university uh, with a thesis about uh, national identity on a Portuguese contemporary filmmaker, João Canijo. Um, and I teach in a polytechnic institute, uh, film studies. In the north? In the north of Portugal. Yeah. Uh, my research is uh, in, the in the cultural studies and my thesis is mainly about Portuguese cinema and how Portuguese cinema represents national identity mm. um, and mainly the contemporary Portuguese cinema. I find it very interesting that AIM was started by junior researchers, by junior scholars. I don't know the history of professional academic associations very well anywhere, but my assumption is that they're started by figures who are very senior and who decide they want to get together. But in this case, it comes from below, in a sense, yeah? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and they are the pioneers. <laughs> we had the model. Our model was next, the European Network for Research and Cinema, Stud for cinema, studies. cinema studies. We were there for several years uh, and we, we and felt... Still and still are. And still are. And the, sorry, and we still are members of, the, of NEXT and as many members of NEXT are also members of IEM. And mm -hmm. um, NEXT was an influential model um, because it was also, uh, it, it was not created top down, it was also by PhD candidates or was it? very yes. recent um, uh, colleagues who had very recently finished their PhD dissertations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was not really, and what was appealing to us, I think, is that it was not. A networking community with the um, with objective of uh, finding jobs or teaching posts, although that outcome is very much appreciated when <laughs> we are able to uh, put uh, jobs and people in contact and 
able to find each other, but it was really about uh, something else, mm -hmm. um, the, the, the desire and the will to to get to know one another. And as as Daniel said, um, we were well. Actually, I'm the only one still finishing the, <laughs> his PhD. They've all completed theirs by now, but it was important to have each other um, as a support community and a community where we could discuss our work and our ideas in the absence of one. So, so uh, how did you find out about one another in a pretty sizable country where <laughs> there well, wasn't an association to connect you? Well, I think one, one of the forums were next, actually. We, we met outside, outside to, Portugal. To, well, to I bring... met you. Uh, next, yes. But we we also met each other a little bit in little conferences in Portugal. Um, you, we were aware that we are publishing. I know that one day, Paulo asked me that Tiago wanted to read to read to read a, an article that I wrote. I didn't know Tiago, so there was some some connections that were building, mm. and I am was the outcome. And how did the more senior faculty respond? I mean, full professors, traditional hegemones, do they have a view on these young bucks riding well, into town and announcing we are it? We, we, have, um, we have two different responses, uh, I think. Well, maybe three. Uh, maybe we have first the senior, senior, senior colleagues that just ignore us. Uh, but also we have the senior colleagues that and senior researchers that uh, became involved as members of the of the association and that submit mm -hmm. their papers to the annual meeting with absolutely no uh, expectation of special treatment. So just a member like everybody else. Uh, and of course, we ourselves have also tried to include um, those senior colleagues by um, creating an advisory board uh, where which is not completely an honorary board <laughs> uh, but it is uh, a way for us to regularly ask to ask them for advice that's a great idea yeah because well we don't have all the answers no. and what's the uh, sorry is there a third group the ones that ignore us. That's the, the ones that ignore you. Yeah. Right. I won't ask you for their names. No, but but to, we, we try to bring them with us, like inviting them to roundtables or yeah. as keynote speakers. So we try to involve them. That's great. That's really wonderful. And Sophia, as someone joining this slightly off to one angle, how have you found the association? What, what is your experience of it? Yeah, I'm. I'm not the person who easily, you know, joins an association. And uh, I only did that, and I told them at the time, because I really, um, I already had been, well, I went to, to all your, all the meetings, and uh, I also knew them uh, from next. Mm. And I, I, um, I admired their work mm -hmm. because the first thing, as Danielle mentioned, was that we started reading each other, and I like that. I try to do that in my center, and I've 
I find that not many people do that. You know, you yeah. you were supposed to to read each other, and sometimes I uh, I I I. I come across people who never <laughs> read their colleagues and they keep quoting, you know, these people from America and this, uh, <laughs> Britain and they don't read, you know, and uh, I, in my work I like the, the, the low, uh, I don't like to ignore uh, the, the, the place where I live, yeah. the people who yeah. are around me and uh, well, and so I, I was reading Tiago. He's published uh, very interesting and important books, in, uh, especially in early uh, Portuguese cinema, and also Paulo. And, um, and so for me, they, I admired their work. I, I, I thought they were doing a good job. And also in terms of the association, I liked the options they were taking. Mm. Mm. And they were not taking the, the easiest way, which I wouldn't have felt comfortable about. So uh, these things to do with uh, you know, the uh, bottom-up and uh, trying to find, for instance, the idea for a journal, which I always found interesting, um, and that the jur journal would have to be peer-reviewed, which is something innovative here. In the Portuguese context. Yes. Especially the media studies and film studies, which would kind of follow the humanities model, the essay, you know, free essay, and where you would commission uh, mm -hmm. uh, an article. Mm. So I like that. I like that um, it would be read for your work and that, you know, this idea. Mm. Mm -hmm. Sure. Appeal to me, and also the fact that they were young and they they just didn't care about what people, I mean, would think, and uh, you know they they had this project specially, well, not specially, but Paul is very much, you know, he embodies <laughs> this uh, way. I have this idea, and this is uh, you know almost like a. A target or a project. Paolo is the public health advocate, listeners, <laughs> who was briefly here but was taken away in an ambulance in search of a smoking ancient man in, in order room. to remove him from the room and put him out into the fresh, bright, narcissistic lights of downtown Lisboa. So this is time to put the heat on the president. Tiago, you've already outed yourself the person who's not finished the PhD. Yes, I have. Now, I think it's time in the interest of your, the furtherance of your academic career that we ask some searing questions, delivered laser-like, a bit like the surgical strikes Donald Rumsfeld promised would save the entire civilian population of Iraq. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what questions about the, the PhD. I don't know. I, I just Sometimes I, I think that the... Um, this is just a very association and the journal. It's mm. just a very elaborate form of uh, procrastinating. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it really... Give this man an honorary doctorate for <laughs> honesty. <laughs> so, uh, but there are, there could be easier ways to, to delay work on the PhD. But, but in all seriousness, can you tell us a bit about it? Because it's on a very fascinating sure. topic. And by the way... Uh, don't email him with any ideas, <laughs> references, or conceptual bridges, because he doesn't want to know 
anything more. He's got it all. He's on that last track, and he's very clear. When you meet him, he says, nice to meet you. Don't tell me anything. That's right. Uh, <laughs> that's right. I think uh, I find it very, very important <laughs> at this stage <laughs> that I'm writing up to um, ignore everything else. That, Everybody uh, finishing a PhD knows this. That, that might contradict my, my argument. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I started... Um, writing about or thinking about YouTube uh, when I read an article by Teresa Rizzo, who published in, in an Australian journal, uh, asking whether YouTube was a new cinema of attractions. And I became interested in um, so-called new media in the context of um, user practices and uh, modes of reception. Uh, quickly realized it was um, overwhelming and quite often disappointing um, field of research and because everything was about underlining the newness of new media and the newness of um, contemporary modes of reception. I was interested in what was old about new media uh, and the reception of new media and um, I started to trace back my steps uh, and eventually came with um, the, um, the, the topic of digital audiovisual essays, which even if they are a very recent and contemporary practice and as an, uh, of analyzing moving images as an alternative to traditional written film analysis pieces also clearly have to do with the long history and noble tradition of the film essay, the essay film. And um, so I was interested in the, in the audiovisual essays such as it has been practiced and theorized by scholars like Catherine Grant, for example, uh, even Adrian Martin as well. Uh, and I was interested in those, in those film, in those videos audiovisual essays, as they could both uh, comment and offer a critique of the contemporary conception of um, audiovisual texts, but also how they could involuntarily serve as a symptom, as the perfect illustration, against the will of their authors, of how um, moving images are used and watched today, in a way that seems to include uh, a degree of critique um, in, 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 in the very process of consumption. Something like, oh, I know very well that um, I'm not watching images, I'm consuming them, but uh, this audiovisual essay helps me to adopt a, a distance and um, a critical view towards this, uh, this, this problem. Uh, but here, here we go again. Here, here I am just um, involved in, in a more elaborate or advanced form of consumption of the moving image. It's, it's almost as if now um, authenticity of the authenticity of the moving image, of its experience, is connected to the possibility to manipulate it while we are experiencing it. And this only adds to uh, this idea that I was referring to uh, of uh, a more elaborate um, form of consumption. Wonderful. 
Well, it sounds to me like all you need to do is staple a few things together you've already written and yeah, you're going to have done. a great thesis. It's only a matter of writing it. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, um, before I go on to ask Daniel about his next project, tell, me, tell us if you could, guys, about the journal. Uh, its name, how okay. to get hold of it, some of the interesting themes it's covered. Okay. Um, well, we, th we thought that we needed... Uh, a journal on the moving image, on the research on moving image, um, uh, done by the association, and we decided to call it Aniki. 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 Um, I will talk about the name, then Tiago talks a little bit about what it does. So Aniki, um, we thought a lot about it, and we thought that it was nice to, in the name of the magazine, on the, on the journal, to pay an homage to Manuel de Oliveira, which is our master in Portuguese cinema. Yeah. And he has a film on, on, made in the 40s called Veniki Bobo, which is a very interesting film that everybody loves. So Veniki, the expression, would be like a brand for our mm, journal. Mm. And also this homage to Manuel de Oliveira. Yes, it's a bit of it's part of a nursery rhyme, uh, as it were, Aniki Bobo, Aniki Bebe, and it goes on forever. So it's part of a nursery rhyme, um, and also from a practical point of view, Aniki is something that works in Portuguese and in English. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so it was also important for us. We wanted to, um, as Sofia mentioned earlier, to. Um, publish in Portuguese, but also in English. We wanted to be able to um, have a way to promote and um, to, to promote the Portuguese language as a, a language where film studies can be, can be produced um, and exchange about film studies can, 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 can be made. Um, and we have also wanted a that apart from the essays section and the special uh, thematic sections with guest editors, uh, we wanted to have not only, of course, movie review, uh, I'm sorry, uh, book reviews, but also, importantly, uh, a section about film festival reviews of film festivals and uh, conferences and, and, and even in sometimes exhibitions mm. uh, of cinematic art. Uh, because we felt it was interesting to also talk about some events where some of the works that we end up studying could be could be highlighted, so that other members can get can can develop an interest in an exhibition, in an author, in a movie, and and um, and and try and pursue that interest and maybe someday uh, present an article about that subject to the, to, to the magazine. Um, it's a scientific peer journal, peer-reviewed journal, peer with all, that, with all the, the seriousness that, it imply, that this implies, but we also wanted this section, for example, mm. to be more open um, and more in contact with um, things that are worth getting to know. Wonderful. We've got about 10 minutes left. I wondered if in that time I could throw to Danielle and then Sophia. Danielle to talk about the post-PhD <laughs> project and Sophia to 
maybe say a little bit more about the research team that you're working with uh, mm-hmm. on tourism. Mm-hmm. So, Daniel, would you like to? Mm-hmm. Say well, that? I'm I'm lacking the, that in that phase after the PhD where I don't know where to go yet. Yeah. I have too many options, but of course, um, uh, my PhD, the, the work that I've done in my PhD, um, I must continue what I have done. Um, mainly what I, what I wanted to do was to see how Portuguese cinema uh, discusses re- representations of national identity and to see how, uh, mainly in Portuguese contemporary cinema, how these representations uh, make a dialogue with the Salazarism regime, mm-hmm. the dictatorship, because there was there is a shift in the paradigm from after the revolution and after the adhesion uh, to the European community. Um, and this shift it seems that it's not accompanied by how Portuguese see themselves and how they behave. So um, I went to pursue that that kind of investigation in Portuguese contemporary cinema, but I also went to see uh, how Portuguese cinema is a, an art cinema uh, in the traditions of European art cinema, but I think it dialogues with several other genres, yes. like melodrama, yeah. or mm-hmm. like uh, the new ways of realism. In, in my PhD, I tried to, to see how João Canijo mixtures melodrama with realism, with, which is something that uh, it seems hot, but I think it, it, does, it does very well. So it's an ongoing uh, research. That's wonderful. That's- and the national identity question just never goes away not only in terms of national cinema, but more generally, it's a terribly important one. And especially with national cinema, particularly when you're talking about cultural policy and the claims made for film or television drama to represent the public, uh, both on and off the screen. And doing that and problematizing that, I think, is terrifically valuable. So with that little encomium, Sophia, can you share with us a wee bit more about what the team's done already, because I was fortunate enough, listeners, to witness uh, an extraordinary array of short tourism films that they've uncovered and also listen to some of their papers as they discuss various issues, everything to do with defining a genre to cataloguing it to understanding it in relation to Portuguese colonial history. Yeah, the idea, the idea of the project was to look at the films. Um, well, my idea was a bit more modest than what has become eventually, because my idea was just to look at some films from the beginning of cinema in Portugal until more or less the seven, the late seventies. This because uh, there was a this. Um, how can I say this? cut this interruption in in contemporary Portuguese history, which was uh, 1974. There was this uh, political... Um, uh, the, 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 how, how do you say? The, when the regime was... Um, overthrown? Overthrown by, by the military, and then... Uh, um, 
a popular uh, revolutionary moment uh, took place, which was really serious and had very uh, interesting and important uh, consequences and s still has in my, in my uh, opinion. So uh, my idea was just to look at some films, but then we, we went to Anim, to the archive, and uh, uh, the idea was that, because I didn't know that the, the database, well, I knew that I couldn't have direct access to it, but I had kind of um, foreseen this, so I, in the project, I thought that we would have uh, a scholarship for someone who would be uh, in the archive uh, for, facilitating access and would work with the, at the archive and with the archivers and somehow we would get access uh, to the to the database and then they were so receptive and mm. uh, that they suggested why don't you just try to do you know the whole thing and we said well, why not? Yes, because it's it would be more systematic. And of course, this is an exploratory project. It's a one year. Uh, we got six months extension, uh, luckily. But it's still, you know, it's still not so, so long, <laughs> so much no. time. Uh, but anyway, we got also, we were lucky because we got Sergio who is crazy about a database and uh, he knows how to do it and so he's doing it. Benfica fan. Yeah, Benfica <laughs> fan and he's been doing it. And the other part of the project was how can I uh, um, move from the images to what is left unseen, you mm, know. Mm. Uh, the idea was kind of uh, that the, the images somehow have um, sedimentation of they have different layers mm. and I was interested in in things like uh, production so what happened when these films were produced what got into them and why what was the context uh, and all that also reception but reception is is not is a tricky you know, a tricky issue. Yeah, it's well. Anyway, so the idea was also to interview uh, some of these producers, filmmakers, technicians. We yeah. wanted sound technicians. We wanted image technicians, uh, directors of photography, and uh, and to to tape them, to 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 film them mm -hmm. and have kind of an, another, build another archive <laughs> uh, with that. Yeah. Uh, and we found that this was actually very useful, useful because uh, some of these people were, were dying. So we wanted to kind of, it's, I, I, I hesitate to call it oral history, but sometimes it sounds like it and it, it looks like it. Uh, it must be. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, but we are doing this, and uh, it's it's been marvelous. It's and, an exciting uh, project. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd like to thank all three of you for making me so welcome here. The conference has been fabulous, and it's been really lovely having you in the podcast. I'd like to extract a promise from each of you, if I can, that next time we're in the same city, if you're in London or wherever it might be, you come back into the pod and be victims again. Is that possible? <laughs> of yeah, course. Of course. Yes. Great. Thank you very much.